Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Trust in Messiah. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. <laughs> I am your host. And who, sir, uh, with the fantastic flannel shirt are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. I don't know why I made it look like I was frozen there. Uh, I feel like that's two for two now that I've uh, screwed up our intro a little bit, but that's okay because, you know, we go with the flow here at Confederacy of Dunks. Fred, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good, going with the flow, having fun with you, Matty D, my Matty D, uh, best profesh on the goddamn mic. (laughs) Um, yeah, if you're tuning in from, you know, YouTube or iTunes or wherever you found us, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, this is our second episode with RR having a good time. Uh, we've got some fun guests, but, uh, let me just say, uh, we are a Raptor slash NBA pod and we're, we're hardcores and we're comedians and we're analysts and we're performers. So the main, main ticket onto this podcast is you got to be obsessed with, uh, basketball and or Raptors basketball. But um, with that said, you know, people are always asking and, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to help us. And, you know, we want to become the like the most like devilish podcast in the world. Right. Uh, so we're, we're coming for Rogan and we're, we're coming for, um, coming for Rogan. <laughs> I know. Whatever. <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming for the top of the pops. OK. Um, yeah. Maddie D, how can people help us grow mm-hmm. uh, and, um, you know, blossom as a podcast? Okay, so I've got some updates for all the listeners out there. Hey, if you're uh, watching on YouTube right now, thank you very much. You're on Raptors Republic. Please make sure that you subscribe. Give us a comment. We really like the ones we got last week. You know, let us know how we're doing. If there's anything you would like, we're always all ears here at Confederacy of Dunks. And as well, if you know you are listening somewhere, somewhere else in the in the internet. And you you haven't subscribed yet to, to the Rapcast on the Podcatchers? Please do. You know, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe there. Give us a rating; that would be fantastic. And you know, if you're an old listener of the podcast, you would know that I've got them link trees planted around our social media. And yes, I have updated them, so you can go to our link trees in Twitter and on in our uh, Instagram, and you can you know link to the the Rapcast podcatchers you can go to raptorsrepublic.com there you can also go to our other like old episodes from you know you want to hear freddie back in like a a tin locker recording his first podcast for the confederacy of dunks you can do it you can subscribe to our archive we've got a link for that there 
and yeah, just thank you very much. We're, we're beefing up the Patreon. If you want to support, we're going to have some extra content there as well. We will talk about soon. And yeah, uh, Fred, I guess before we get into the show, we should just talk about this thing we do every year in the playoffs, right? Yeah, we started last year. This is uh, year number two. And I mean, shout out to you referencing uh, the tin can beginnings <laughs> of this. But uh, this this idea, which you, which you have, which we're doing, we're on season two of, yeah. it's graduated. You know, it's mm-hmm. no longer in its tin can form. It's true. I'd say it's in its like, like I don't know, like um, Alexander Graham Bell form. Wow. Phone. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> long ways to go. You know, we're not anywhere near the mobile yet. Yeah. But we, uh, we, yeah, we got how many people? How many contributors? We got thirteen people in this thirteen playoff pool, and I'll explain it to you real quick. Now, I've done this pool before in other sports, and pretty much all it is is that everyone has to rank the sixteen teams in the playoffs, one to sixteen, and the teams that you think are going to win or go further are going to obviously be higher at the top. Your contender is that number one pick and you get 16 points for a win for the contender and then 15, 14, 30, it goes down all the way to the bottom. So whoever's getting swept in the first round, you want them ranked 16. And, you know, to understand what we're going through, you're going to see some wild picks here if you're on the YouTube, but this is pretty much how the spreadsheet looks. And uh, shout out to my old friends, uh, Elliot, that uh, I got this spreadsheet from in another pool. I don't know how it works. All I know is how to do the bare minimum because uh, Excel is hard, you know, Excel is super hard. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Ennis Esmer, who was on the pod last week, you'll remember, uh, you can see that he's done quite the wild take in having Toronto go first uh, as the the first rank. Folks, you're going to have to full screen at the minimum, okay? Yeah, yeah. You you better get that zoom and get those uh, pincer (laughs) fingers ready because you're going to have to zoom into this. Big time. A lot of colors, a lot of names, a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I made sure there's lots of colors. You know, uh, it looks like a lot of Phoenix-Milwaukee finals people are picking. I picked Miami-Phoenix myself. I did pick Miami to win. Freddie, who did you pick? Uh, I picked... um, Milwaukee? Yeah, where can I see what I picked? You're Uh, the second one down. So, yeah, you picked Milwaukee to win. Back-to-back. Now, I will say, you listeners, last year, Freddie did call Milwaukee to win... Hey, but he also had Phoenix ranked thirteenth, so it kind of was. Yeah, listen, it was tight. Just say the first part, okay? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, I picked a Bucks G State final, Bucks yeah. in uh, six, I believe. Yeah, maybe, maybe Bucks in seven. But yeah. I'm, I'm in ninth place because uh, I'm, I'm not really killing it so far. Yeah, well, we all, you know, we do have some pretty high Toronto picks. Only one person in this pool picked Toronto to lose in the first round. So we're going to lose some high-ranking points. Um, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. How dare I? We're only going into game three, Yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking too much like a poolie. Uh, the Raptors are going to win this in seven, okay? Damn right. Um, Matt, chill out. Everything's okay. <laughs> Sky's in falling. Um, but yeah, th- this is our playoff pool. We're going to check back on it every... Yeah. Um, uh, every week. And, yeah. um, you know, if you want to join next year, let us know and, uh, it will, it will get bigger and better. Yeah. 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 Um, for sure. But, uh, you know, I think before we launch into the podcast, we, we, we got a great episode, uh, with Anthony Hall and, and Kyle Brickman. Uh, I, I just want to say, I believe the court date is May 18th, um, for Brittany Griner. So, uh, everyone's, you know, I've, I've been talking about the story a little bit on the intro of these pods. If it's something you're not familiar with, she's one of the best athletes 
uh, in the world and uh, has been detained by Russia. Uh, it's not a good situation. And, um, you know, this is one of those scenarios that it, it needs the most amount of attention possible. So mm-hmm. be loud about it. Uh, re- read the stories. And if you can get involved in any way, please do so. Yeah. But um, yeah, hopefully uh, Brittany Griner is on her way back to the U.S. Uh, soon. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think with that, we'll get the podcast going here. And and Maddie, if you feel like we're good, we're ready to talk some uh, Raptors down 0-2, maybe, hopefully not, uh, next pod. But if, if you're down, we're ready to go. Give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Let's um let's talk some Raptors. We are down 02. You know, I'd say like down but not forgotten. <laughs> I'm messing with analogies, but you know, whatever. We're we're still in it. Uh there was that amazing Kawhi quote from the championship run. Like you're down 02. What's next? Since like we fly back to Toronto. So a little bit of that. Um, I'd say, you know, we don't have Kawhi. There's some different circumstances as well. But uh, yeah, let's bring on uh, uh, both guests. We got uh, uh, one old, one new. It should be exciting. Um, let's start with the old. Uh, although that sounds like such a weird way to describe someone. Uh, he's younger than me, first of all. Uh, an amazing <laughs> improviser, stand-up, uh, podcaster, uh, he'll tell you anything you ever wanted to know about wrestling. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Anthony Hall. Wow. Here I am. Raptors Republic debut. After many guest appearances on the old network, here I am. The wow, fourth was- ball, brother. <laughs> yeah, that was really dramatic. I was like, is he going to light himself on fire at the end? Like, what's, <laughs> what's the finale here, you know? I was going to cut a promo that uh, we are missing from the playoffs, the best family of them all, the balls. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no balls in the playoffs. Um, Only basketballs. Basketballs, there's uh, Sam Cassell. Uh, you know, he's I haven't seen him do a big ball dance on the bench, he probably won't, but uh, you know, he's there. Um, so there's some potential, I think. That's right. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for joining the pod, man. Thank you for having me, as always. You know, I wish I was in better spirits today, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be one of those. Um, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, it's his first time on the podcast. Uh, really excited to get to know him, to chat with him. Uh, he, he's a writer, podcaster, uh, contributor to Raptors Republic. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're, even if you're home alone, for Kyle Brickman. Okay. I feel like there's a beat that's going to drop. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting for it. Or it just never comes? <laughs> it's a bit longer than I thought. It's one of those really soft ones. Like, wait for it. Oh, okay, it's still coming. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Look, when you told me, like, backstage, oh, we're going to have a song for you, I thought you were going to go, like, you know, 
like a, a home on the range or like a, something like something interesting that's just it, like royalty free music i assume yeah, I don't, oh yeah how dare you how dare you like a classic rock or something like you guys are, what you, what's the budget on this thing music is pretty loose loose term you know what i mean like it, it's like it's a melody of sorts um but uh yeah home on the range we'll work on that i feel like matt knows he's been messing around with this weird website so that's the challenge to you maddie d yeah you know conjure up home on the range um <laughs> kyle what's up thanks for thanks for joining the pod for the first time no thanks for having me i can't wait let's uh let's dive right into it uh maddie d good sir why don't you give me your most delicious raptors sting paging bobby webster Um, okay, let's uh, let's start with you, uh, Anthony. So just um, kind of flatly, uh, the Raptors are down 0-2, and uh, Philly's been the better team. We can talk about uh, free throws. We can talk about uh, Doc Rivers being quite prepared. We can talk about James Harden, Maxi, whatever. What do you think just like – off the bat, obviously there's a bunch of things going wrong, but how do the Raptors impose themselves in this series? I think we saw some flashes of that in the fourth. Fred started the game on fire uh, for game two, but, um, you know, we haven't imposed ourselves, I don't think. So how do we do that? Well, this is a really big question because there's so many things that we can do better. Uh, I'm just going to start with forcing more turnovers and converting in transition. Um we have seen the Toronto Raptors play very feisty defense that has uh, turned into amazing offense during the regular season. And they have not been doing that. The defense has not shown up and this may be due to the foul merchants uh, and the refs doing their work and getting all those free throws, but Mm -hmm. also you know, I don't think we're going hard enough in the paint and trying to get those fouls of our own. Oh, my goodness. There's just so much that I could go over right now. Just in my notes right now, I want better looks. I obviously want people to be making threes. Like, the Sixers have been making threes. Everybody on their team has been making threes, basically. And I just need Gary Trent Jr. to come back, be healthy. Uh, I'm going to lob an offer out here. I'm going to call my grandmother out in Alberta, get her to whip up some chicken ginseng herbal Chinese medicine in a clay pot. I'm going to bring it to Gary Trent. He's going to get back there and he's going to be able to shoot those threes, baby. We need it. We need it real bad. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if like Alberta to Ontario, that is... Like, let's get going on the soup because like that's just like, you know, we got to send that express like so great idea. And let me just add on to what you're saying about uh, uh, the the, the Raptors, you know, sort of generating turnovers. Like, I feel like the Raptors not being disruptive is one of the most jarring things of this series. Like they haven't found a way to bother the Sixers like no one on the Sixers like is upset about anything. And. I'm feeling that as far as like an advantage, like I'm feeling the Raptors youth and those sorts of things. Like, you know, Boucher was starting to kind of do it in, in, uh, in, in that late run, 
but I feel like that's just it. We have to impose ourselves sort of physically on them in a way that is going to make them turn the ball over or extend the shot clock or just make them look a little less comfortable. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me, let me go to you, Kyle. What, what's something that comes to mind as far as like imposing ourselves, the Raptors onto the Sixers. Yeah. The, the turnovers are the biggest thing and they were the, the best team, in the NBA, the Raptors were turning other teams over this year number one, the entire league uh, opponent turnover percentage. And they're just not turning the Sixers over at all. In the first game, the Sixers had two turnovers. They had a third in garbage time uh, from Isaiah Joe, who I always thought, like, I always saw that name on, like, an NBA 2K roster. I always thought it was, like, you know when they have, like, the 90s teams and they don't have the rights to every, like, the 15th yeah. man on the 90, uh, 92 Nuggets? And they, like, I thought Isaiah Joe was one of those guys. Like, two first I didn't realize he was, like, a modern, I didn't realize he was a modern player, but... They did, they're not turning the Sixers over at all. And the other thing is they're not hitting the offensive glass. The Raptors were the second-best offensive rebounding team in the entire NBA. And they lost the offensive rebounding battle in Game 1. In Game 2, uh, they had, I don't know, maybe, thir- I believe it was 13 offensive rebounds. It's just not enough. I mean, at the end of the day, the Sixers are a better offensive team than the Raptors by a huge margin. They get to the line more. They shoot the yeah. ball better, et cetera, et cetera. The only way the Raptors can compete is by getting more possessions, like getting more cracks at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now they're not doing that. So it's looking rough. Yeah, I, I agreed. And I feel like uh, part of my confidence heading into this series, I'm almost feeling like a bit silly just because I'm used to regular season teams that push the pace and try to, you know, generate more possessions and, uh, you know, generally don't like to play in the half court that much, failing in the playoffs. And I'm wondering if even if we'll see a little bit of that with Memphis, Minnesota, but I, I do think there is this element of sort of like, that's all we have right now. Um, and, and and you brought up Trent as well, Anthony, I want to just jump on that because I feel like sure that was okay for game two, but in the game three scenario, I'm hoping to see some desperation. Like if you don't have it, we have to, take you off immediately, especially defensively, because we we have to bother them and we have to win the non embed minutes, which, you know, everybody's saying it's it's true, though. We, we do have to find a way to mess with the momentum uh, of the series. And, you know, each quarter like that first quarter was OK. And the, and the second quarter was the game. Right. So we can perhaps do the same thing. Like, I'm not sure we have enough of an edge on Philly to blow out the game in the second quarter and then hold them at bay. But I do think that, you know, just to keep it close or to have a small advantage, we're going to have to, you know, turn teams over, get on the offensive rebound. Like maybe Boucher deserves to play like 35 minutes. Like if, if it's a trust thing with nurse, then dude, like play the guys you trust a ton. Like we've seen it with Fred and OG and, and, and Pascal, of course, but maybe maybe Precious and Boucher as well. Like Thaddeus Young, I felt like had that that stretch where he really just like you know wasn't bringing it and sort of was playing a little bit timid. Like I think I think that's what I want to say to the coaching part of this. There's a lot of there's a lot of timidness and youth coming from the Raptors, and so I think now's the time. Um, you know, for Nurse to kind of like rein that in. Like even tell a guy like Malachi, like if you're out there, you got to shoot. Precious and Boucher, you also have to shoot. Like you can't be timid. You have to take the opportunities offensively and, and you know, punch him in the face defensively. But uh, yeah. How I- would you have felt early in the year, like, you know, November, 
if if you heard like you know you you got a glimpse in the future and you heard on a podcast a, a pro raptors podcast chris boucher has to shoot more he's got to put more shots up he's like <laughs> I know. this is where we're at i don't disagree this is the point we're at yeah, no, I mean, the, the Boucher arc's hilarious too, right? Because I feel like in, in, in Tampa, he's sort of emerged as this like, you know, other tertiary scoring options sort of thing. And then this year, uh, our bench was more well-rounded. We were more talented and obviously guys like Scotty and, you know, geez, just, those minutes weren't there for him. And he sort of reincorporated himself after starting bad into the team by just being like all energy. And I felt like he... His first game was rough, but I feel like his second game, he sort of recognized like, hey, I can do this at this level too. You know, shout out to OG, who I feel like scored efficiently. Some stuff's there. I mean, Fred, I I just don't think we can lean on Fred as hard as we are. But um, sorry, I kind of, I went to a million meandering thoughts there. But um, yeah, uh, let's keep this moving with you actually, uh, Kyle. So um yeah, I guess just, you know, it was a perfect segue uh, talking about like the the past and the future. But a week ago, there was major pressure on Harden, Maury, Doc Rivers. I think you could say Embiid as well. Who would you say the pressure is on now? Like, I guess obviously the Raptors, but like who and, and how is the pressure on them? See, I don't know if I agree the pressure is even on the Raptors. Like they're playing with house money. They This right. is a development year. They're in the playoffs and they're going home to Toronto where the Sixers role players won't be as invigorated. Like I think if the pressure's on anyone, I guess it's on the Sixers role players who are currently shooting like astronomical numbers from three mm-hmm. and they shot 50% from three in the first game and 46 or 7% uh, last night. So it's like, uh, I'd, I'd be really surprised if that continued, even if all those threes are wide open, they're shooting well above what you'd expect them to shoot. So I, I think if I had to pick someone, I'd say the Sixers role players. I don't know if the pressure, it can be on Toronto. Like uh, even if they mm-hmm. got swept, I'm kind of 30,000 foot view end of the year. I'm, I'm kind of cool with it. Scotty looks great. Like it's, we don't oh, have to get yeah. into it. We'll, we'll do the, you know, we can do the obituary postseason. But uh, I, I'm, I think they're entirely playing with house money. I don't actually, I don't think the pressure's on them at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually think that's a great point. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I probably should have phrased it as like, w- what's the challenge at, at foot for the Raptors to make an attempt to turn this around sort of thing? Like who, who can challenge themselves to learn now while they can? You know, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll head to the summer and, Precious will work on a shot and so will Banton and, you know, Barnes and everybody. But like, I think that's, that's sort of where, where we're at now. And I think pressure on the uh, Sixers role players is, is perfect because I mean, Maxie's, I guess, playing with house monies in the second year, but you know, green and, and, um, and Harris, they, in, in some respects, I feel like with green, it's been, you know, totally the narrative has gotten away from people. He's the winner, but I think for, for Harris, particularly, he is showing up as that kind of like reliable fourth option, which a lot of people have wanted for a long time. I can know he's making big, big money, but I think people are still happy when you can show up in the playoffs and he, like, you know, there's a couple of plays. I just like, he recognized precious is on him and I just saw his like, you know, a wave of relaxation go through his body. And he's like, this guy's athletic, but I can do my thing. I can back him down a bit and I can just take a, you know, a pretty easy jumper and can it over him. So, I mean, yeah, they don't look like they're feeling the pressure, but they are shooting at an astronomical level. So I feel like that's a good point. I mean, you know, pressure to, for, for doc to close the series for Harden to maybe have a big game. Um, 
yeah, Anthony, where, where are you at? Like pressure or, you know, just if, I mean, cause I totally agree. The Raptors are in a situation where everything's good, but um, yeah. Like, well, what's the challenge? Like, like who should be taking on a challenge right now to, to do more than they are doing? Hmm. I think there's a lot of pressure on the guys who are responsible for guarding Joel and B to see if there is just any chance they can alter um, his shots or make it so he's not going to the free throw line like 30 times a game and playing smart. So I suppose that would be Precious and Kem, who would be the guys who are responsible to guard and bead. Like we have to see if Kem can contribute anything offensively aside from a lucky corner three when nobody is expecting him to hoist that bad boy up. But like, we have to have to have to see if precious can keep up and we, we need to see if those guys can attack the rim too. And like I said before, get fouls called for us, like go to the free throw line for us. And I think we're really just seeing a, a gaping hole in the lineup, especially against a big seven footer. And like, we need a true center and somebody that can push and beat around. And I'm really missing daddy gasol right now and i think a lot of people have that same sentiment as me but you know he's probably just living life crushing natty wines somewhere and you know <laughs> not <laughs> worrying about guarding mb yeah he doesn't worry about guarding mb i don't think yeah that's that's not high on the, on the marcus old concern list um and do you say natty wine like I'm not yeah, a wine nat- guy. Is natural that, wines, bro. Yeah, like, like a skin, a skin okay, contact. Yeah. <laughs> What's that called? A skin contact wine. You, look, you don't. Okay, uh, we me. can talk about this after the podcast, but it, really, <laughs> it's worth checking out. <laughs> okay, I will. Yeah, natty wines. Okay, fair enough. Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I feel like there, there, there's not a lot of um, pressure in terms of like what the outcome is going to be from the Raptor side. And maybe it's how I frame the question. I, I guess I'm sort of looking for like who, you know, if this series is a sweep, right? Um, sure. You know, uh, there's there's that kind of feeling of like, well, let's count up all of the, the good things in the season. And there are many. And I, I think almost to a player, there's been improvement. Maybe, uh, you know, you hope for healthier seasons from guys like Cam and OG, but other than that, just like all around fantastic. I, you know, I'm, I'm always back and forth on, on my critiques of Nick Nurse because obviously he's like, a, you know, a Jedi in some regards. But I do think there's a, you know, there was a lot of Doc just kind of getting smashed in the media. And his team looks ready, ready. And sure, we have injuries. But I think that there's been some deer in the headlights stuff from our squad in a way that I, I didn't quite anticipate. So I'm hoping for like, I don't know if it's from Pascal or from Fred or from, you know, nurse, but I'm hoping for some like, just some like, like, like the veteran leadership moments type thing. And I, I don't know if that means we get an extra game or two in the series, but like, I, I really think that, we're in a like stand up to the bully scenario and we might just get pants by the bully and call our parents and go home and be like, 
hey, school was great. Just after school, I got pantsed. And, and that's fine. But I do think it's like, there's a situation, I don't know, weird, weird analogy. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> it's hard like- to defend your, yourself against the bully when the bully is this giant man who's swinging mm-hmm. and flailing his elbows around. Yeah. And, and the teachers are like, oh, no, no, no. You can't touch him. You can't touch him. And then when you do, he's like, oh, I'm going to run to the teachers. And then respectfully uh, call out the teachers for doling any sort of punishment around to his friends. Like, oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Nurse probably like I I think it's almost swung the other way. Like we're being a little too harsh for a nurse. But I will say. Man, did he ever run these guys into the ground the regular season with the minutes? Right. Like these guys look tired by the third quarter. It's like he's he's. It's like oh, nurse is actually uh, the fastest driver in town. He can get from like point A to point B in, in no time flat. And then you get in the car with him, and he's like speeding to red lights, like pumping the e brakes so that he stops in time. <laughs> it's like he's driving that car into the ground. There's it's, there's nothing left with these guys. Like they're, there's they're exhausted, and even like you know hands on the knees in the first quarter type thing. Fred, like the injuries, all of that. I, I'm I'm pro Nick Nurse, but man, whew, these guys are tired. Yeah, me, me too. And I think like it's like uh, this weird space. I feel like I have to occupy sometimes where I'm, I'm pro Nick Nurse. I'm just not a hundred percent Nick Nurse. Like there's some mm-hmm. stuff there, you know, managing minutes and and I think also managing like role. Um, you know, I feel like it's like even calling it a shortcoming seems like it's it's too much particularly because philly is a fantastic team they can shoot they have two superstars they're you know role players at least in the starting lineup have been fantastic and the raptors are you know we are the fifth seed and we we were sort of healthy enough in the back half of the season where we climbed over chicago and and, and cleveland but i do think there there is some truth to the like like nurse I don't know, is, is a bit too invested in the current moment sometimes where, you know, even in a game like Fred uh, played the entire first half. So it makes sense to me that in the third quarter and fourth quarter, you know, he didn't really have anything. And I'm not sure if replacing those minutes with Malachi disrupts like team chemistry or, or what have you. But if this is all about learning, like let's share the learning experience and not just like totally gas our guys. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the car analogy is like hilarious and, and, and true. Like I, I got there on time actually five minutes early, but I spilled coffee all over my leg and it hurts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But um, yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's move on to some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, good sir. Uh, I know you're back there. Please give me your your silliest NBA sting. This is Adam Silver. Huge. Uh, 
Okay, beautiful. Uh, Maddie, uh, please, please join us as well. Um, let me um, let me start with you, Anthony, as well uh, on this one. So just, you know, take this in whatever direction you want, really. But, uh, you know, pick, oh, a, pick a team and, <laughs> you know, I, I want you to put yourself in the, I don't know if it's the coach's situation, whomever, but you, you're walking into that room and, and you're trying to inspire them. Like I want you to pick a struggling team and you're going in there with like a, a huge speech. What is the speech? You know, who is the team set up the uh, scenario for me? All right. It's a uh, game two halftime bulls are down huge by a lot. Let's say they're down by 20. I'm like, Billy, I got this. I know you're not the bulls of the past. You are the bulls of right now. You have leaders. You have people with talent, with something to prove. Damar, people are saying you keep bricking those shots, but I know they're going to start falling for you. Pat Will. Show us why you are a top pick. Why they saw all of the talent that they did when they selected you. Levine! You got some talent. <laughs> Vooch! Body Giannis. Body Body Portis. Come on. Caruso. You're perfect. Stay beautiful, Bald Mamba. Keep those clamps on. That's it. Get out there. If I'm, if I'm Zach Levine, I'm pissed. I'm in my locker. Everyone else got positive reinforcement. You're telling me to stop chucking. <laughs> I also love that your your line for Vucevic is body Giannis. Um, <laughs> just like this total athletic freak. You're like, hey, dude. Put him, put him like, on the ground. <laughs> I want you to beat the shit out of that man. Yeah. Um, you got to stop him one way or another. Wow. Um, it's closer and, yeah. than it looks, I think. You know, that series? At first, when I was watching it, I was like, cool. Who's going to beat this team? Uh, like, Giannis is a freak. Just nobody's going to be able to stop him. But then when, when Caruso started clamping and when like the momentum sort of started to change a little bit i was like oh okay like there's there's a chance that this bulls team has some fight in them and you know they were really missing the boy lonzo ball but there's a there's a chance that these guys could step up and really make this a a good series especially if they listen to your speech (laughs) oh hell yeah that music, um, like vaporwave, vaporwave coach <laughs> speech. <laughs> okay, n- uh, next up, Kyle. Um, who's your team? What are you saying? Give us a scenario. So I'm I'm going to speak directly to Taylor Jenkins right now. It's pregame. The Memphis Grizzlies coach. He's. I hope he's tuned in. Or this isn't live, but I hope you, you guys get this posted in time for the game. Because listen, you got to storm into that locker room and start holding people accountable. You guys were, the Grizzlies were the cool team. You guys had all the swagger, jaw. You had 50 points. You sh- you had a crazy buzzer beater. You dunked over Jakob Pertl. The whole NBA page, all nine squares were all pictures of you. What happened? 
this Timberwolves team has completely stole your thunder. They're the guys that the NBA is in love with. Pat Beverly is like getting appearances on ESPN every single day. So, Jaw, pick it up. Jaron Jackson Jr., how did you go from a, a 40 plus percent three point shooter to like a non factor in one year? It seems impossible. <laughs> um, you got it. You have you're, you went zero for, for zero from the field in 24 minutes. I'm in disbelief. You have to take at least one shot. Desmond Bain, stop chucking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, in, in general, you guys are the better team. You lost game one, but this should be a this should be a five game series. No one on that team can guard you. Carl Anthony Towns was in hell, in hell in the play in game. Had the worst performance of any star player in a recent memory. You just just take it to him. Those guys cannot guard. Wow. That's it. That's all. <laughs> the, yeah. Then they rush out the tunnel and kick some ass. Um, my God, uh, the incredulousness uh, when you're reading the stats, uh, and and also stop chucking. I mean, like honestly, there's 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 one player in every room that needs to hear that. Like they just that's all. That's the only thing I'm gonna say. Stop chucking. <laughs> um, that's beautiful. Uh, I think Memphis will probably hear that and. Uh, I make sure that no one ever scores on them again. They're going to hold a team to zero points for the first time in NBA history. Uh, okay. Maddie, what's up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you got to start your own music, I think in yeah. this scenario. But, uh, <laughs> okay. G- g- give us a scenario. Okay. Set it up. All right, guys. So I'm doing the Denver nuggets. They definitely need a little bit of, a bit of love here to get them back in the series against golden state. So I'm walking in the dressing room to Denver. It's after game two. They're looking down. I say, Boogie Cousins, get to the middle of the room right now. Okay. He stands there. Everyone's looking at Boogie, wondering what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Say, this guy's been on a million teams. What you don't know about this guy <laughs> is when he gets to the last possible team he can be on, he's going to fade away like a dead Jedi. How many more teams does he got to go to before he gets a ring. How many? He's been on Golden State. Didn't work. But it can work here. This is the last team Boogie is going to lose on in the playoffs. Do you hear me? You'll get... Uh, also, I'd just like to say, uh, you know, kind of like double team uh, Steph a little bit more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <a> new character? <laughs> but, Boogie, you can sit down now. You can sit down. Stop crying. I'm just using you as an example. We got to win this one for Boogie. That's what I'm trying to say to you Denver Nuggets teammates right now. Murray, you don't say anything until you're healthy. Then you can talk when you're healthy. You better not be pulling a Ben Simmons. Sorry, I'm losing the room here. <laughs> it's your room. <laughs> uh, yeah, last I'll just say, guys, we've got the MVP. We've got Jokic here. Let's just sh- go out there and, and, and add some fire to our tails. <laughs> wow, beautiful. Um, uh, can I ask who stood up? Like who's who stood up to challenge you? Like, did you have someone in mind or? Uh, yeah, Forbes. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forbes is really Forbes. tough. Like I heard, yeah, every team he goes to, he's a problem. Like, like he was in my um, face the entire time like this. And I just had to oh, ignore wow, him. Yeah. <laughs> just, just staring you down. Okay. Bring Forbes. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. You pick Boogie Cousins, who's like most likely on the entire team, maybe the league to have a temper tantrum when Jeff Green is right there. Yeah. Boogie that's true. Looking at Jeff Green going like, what happened here? How am I getting picked on? Jeff Green is literally standing right over there. Yeah. At some point in that speech, Boogie and Jeff Green just quietly swap places. Because <laughs> they're like, I think he meant you. <laughs> um, I think he meant you. Because like... Um, Okay, I'm ready. Ready? My team is the Dallas Mavericks. So I show up to practice. We're headed to um, Utah, Salt Lake City. And uh, let's say let's say we're on the plane. I'm like, first of all, how's everybody doing? Is anyone afraid of flying? <laughs> now is not the time because we need to focus on the series and we've been flying a bunch all season already and sure. I'm going to say Mark Cuban Jason Kidd Luka Doncic I'm going to need you to head to first class you <laughs> have a private moment with the rest of the team <laughs> and coach <laughs> <laughs> that's right when they leave assuming that goes smoothly I look around at the rest of the guys and I said, hey, you're better than Mark Cuban at investing. You might not know it yet, but you are. You're better than Jason Kidd at coaching. And you're all better than Luka Doncic at basketball. (laughs) Trust me, he's actually not good. And you (laughs) are. Maxi Kleba, you hit like seven threes. I don't know if Luka's ever done that. Jalen Brunson, you just scored 41 points. For sure, Luca's done that. But, like, was it as cool as the way you did? Probably it was cooler. Don't worry about it. You're better than him. Trust me. And then the rest of you, stop chucking. And uh, I jetpack, I guess. <laughs> out of the plane. Um, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that a team plane has first class and coach on it. I think that would really screw yeah, you know, with yeah, the players. I, I, I know private planes pretty well. <laughs> they're uh, they're the exact same as other planes. I think. Uh, okay, uh, that was good. I feel like we 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 did that segment justice. Um, Kyle, I'm going to go to you here on the last question, uh, and. You can take like quiet the haters in whatever way you you want. It can be like coming back from injury. It can be like not getting swept, whatever. But yeah, what's the what's the player, team, and or franchise uh, that is is going to have uh, the biggest like quiet the haters style playoff run? Okay, so this might be an odd answer, but I'm I'm gonna go Rudy Gobert, and not necessarily because he's gonna quiet the haters. It's just like that some of the hate will be deflected onto Donovan Mitchell. If you watch that first game, man, they are bum hunting Donovan Mitchell in every possession. He's Mm -hmm. involved in every single screen and roll. If you look at the rest of that Utah team, 
like, okay, fine. Rudy isn't the best at guarding in space. Guess what? He's seven foot two who, or whatever he is. He's always a seven footer. How many seven footers in the NBA are excellent at guarding in space? Very few. So fine. He's not the best at guarding in space, but have you seen the perimeter defenders on the jazz? The rest of those guys are bums. They can't stay in front of anyone. So uh, this whole the the whole jazz season, the whole story of the jazz season has been one of like, is it is it a Donovan Mitchell problem or is it a Rudy Gobert problem? And I think that this the pendulum is is tilting back towards it being a Donovan Mitchell problem at least a little bit because man, like Gobert, like I don't know what else you even want him to do defensively. No one else can contain anything. I, and it I, pains I, me to say that. I will say I do not like the guy at all. Fair. I will uh, still be a hater. I will still be a loud ass hater for the Rudy Gobert. I love moments, that. Yeah. Still, you pick Rudy Gobert, but you're also you're you're walking away and you turn around. And you're like, and stop chucking Gobert. <laughs> um, I was actually going to pick Gobert, so uh, I'm rifling through my head for my option number two. Uh, I think your point was way better than mine because I, I totally agree that Mitchell was sort of. I mean, I don't know what a good analogy is, but like he was based on what he's done so far in the playoffs in his career, I think it was in like very untouchable territory where he was kind of beyond critique because he, you know, he had, you know, he's some had some dramatically good playoff games and, uh, you know, the longer you're in the league, the longer uh, coaches have times to kind of like expose your flaws. And I think that's what's so hard about the NBA is constantly overcoming that. And, you know, new coaches find new angles. And, yeah, I would say Donovan Mitchell is getting, you know, the the defender that – or getting the treatment that poor defenders get. Um, Raptors fans know with, uh, you know, anytime George Niang's on the court, it's sort of like you want us to go at him. And I think people don't think of Mitchell like that, but they, they might after this playoffs – to, to uh, me, it's like the Mitchell Gobert thing is like, you know, when you have a, a couple in your friend group have like a breakup and everyone's picking sides. I think Mitchell got way out in front of everything and was like, yeah, Gobert was this terrible guy. He, you know, he never took care of me and all this. And then suddenly the whole friend group is against Gobert. And then, it, you know, a couple weeks pass and Gobert just has to point to like, look at what Mitchell's doing. Mitchell's doing like whatever the NBA equivalent of like talking to 18 year old girls at the bar. Like, man, like get it. Like, come on, be an adult. Like, this is embarrassing, yeah. Donovan. Yeah, he's he's definitely like losing his composure, and I feel like Rudy Gobert always, to me, occupies this like you know not just him, but like players like him. Sometimes like Chris Middleton as well. They occupy this weird, nuanced area of being you know like a legitimate all star that is like very special in certain categories, like easy top thirty player. But the the playoffs expose their you know, inadequacies more so than it does like the top eight players in the league. And people always want the, you know, if a player is like, let's say 25th overall, they, they want them to be the fourth or fifth or sixth best player. And when it gets to the playoffs, they see why they're not. And then it's sort of like baby with the bathwater and it turns into like, actually they suck. And, you know, they're talked about like they're, uh, they're the hundredth best players sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that there's, I don't know if it's like a toxic relationship with Mitchell and, and Gobert, but it's definitely not one that's like harmonious and, you know, we're seeing the lack of chemistry, but uh, yeah, Anthony, who's your, 
Who's your candidate for sort of, um, you know, going to quiet the haters or, or, or yeah, perhaps have a narrative change. Hmm. Maybe D'Angelo Russell and the T-Wolves. Like, hmm. I, I think that they've shown a lot of composure um, in this first game here. And, like, obviously, I think pe- the media has made the series out to be John Morant versus Ant-Man. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really about that. I think it's really about, like, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and the Timberwolves, like, really showing that they're not a garbage team anymore. And that they have turned things around. Uh, like Coach Finch is pretty awesome, and I, I think that a lot of the talk with Ant Man as well was that he was not the right pick, and that he was just like this big, like football body dude who like didn't really care about basketball uh, in sort of the initial draft mm-hmm. uh, reports. Um, but it's it's really been fun to watch them, and that series is going to be really, really, really good. And I think after everything that Carl Anthony Towns has been through, just outside of basketball, it will be really, really amazing to see how much he can do in the playoffs. And if they can get past Memphis, like there's a chance that they can do some real damage. Shout out to football bodied man. Uh, because <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I feel like OG has some of that where it's just sort of mm. like, man, you, if, if you ever tackled me, I, I think I'd die. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, honestly, if a lot of people tackled me, I don't know who, uh, uh, maybe Jose Alvarez, like, you know, I, I'd, I'd be winded like real bad. Um, but uh, okay. I, I almost panicked when you, when you picked uh, Minnesota because my backup to Cobert was towns um, after that, like he, you know, he is the pendulum man. It's really swings with this guy, and I feel like, you know, he has this sort of undeniably good year finally in his career, uh, and you know, he's going to be, I think, likely on an All NBA team. Um, and then he has this play in game, which is just like brutal, right? Like he, you know, he totally just like melts in the moment. And, you know, I remember watching that game and there's this, this odd feeling like when he got fouled out, there was almost like a sense of relief from the rest of the T wolves. They were like, great, we can win this game now. And that's like wild from, from a leadership standpoint, like, or, or, or your best player or whatever. But I think that one of the, you know, things in the playoffs that just, it's talked about, but it's never talked about enough to me is the, the specificity of matchups. And I think with this Memphis scenario, I, you know, yeah, Taylor Jenkins is awesome. They're going to find ways to bother him. You know, we'll see what Jaron Jackson Jr. can do and whatever. But I, I also do think that Towns is skilled and is, is going to be able to find a way to, to punish the, the Grizzlies, fairly reliably in the series. I, I think, you know, in a couple like friendly stuff, I, I pick Grizzlies in seven just because I feel like it's going to take them some time to find their footing and they are the better team. They are going to win, but I feel like the, I don't know, like Memf- uh, Minnesota as a, as a seven seed is sort of misleading. Like they had a better season than that. And I mean, you know, their, their record isn't like near 500 sort of thing. So yeah, um, Towns is my pick. Uh, Russell's a good pick too. 
Yeah, Gobert was my original pick. And um, yeah, that, that's it for the pod, guys. I, I want to thank you both so much for being on. Uh, this is our, our second episode with RR. So uh, I want to thank everyone who's listening and commenting and subscribing and everything. Um, let me go to you first, uh, Kyle. What's up? What do you want to let people uh, know about? Um, point them to your writing or, or yeah, just the biggest thing is uh, we're doing wrap up live here at Raptors Republic. It's a Raptors post game show every single night after the game. You know, five or ten minutes afterwards uh, on this YouTube channel or on I guess on the Raptors Republic YouTube channel. Um, and uh, yeah, just check us out. Come hang out. Uh, it's also, I guess, on Twitch or, or Facebook Live if you're a Facebook user. <laughs> Not really me. You could do it if you'd like. I don't, I, uh, but I'm, I would say mostly YouTube. And then otherwise, you know, follow follow us all on Twitter. But me specifically, if you have to follow only one person on Twitter, I'd say probably me. And um, that's it. Come hang out with us at, at Wrap Up Live. You can comment, uh, and we're generally pretty good at answering them. Unless, <laughs> unless they're bigoted. Yeah, yeah. If if you got any bigotry you're, you're coming in with, I mean, you know, just don't and go to hell, I guess. Like, um, but uh, if you're coming in with a, as a fan, do it. Uh, I think I, I'm probably going to get in there next game. Um, and, and thanks again, Kyle. Uh, you're an awesome guest. I appreciate, oh, appreciate you joining. Nice to meet but, you guys. Yeah, nice to meet you too, man. Um, and uh, Anthony, uh, what's up? Uh, you know. Let the people know where where are you performing? What's what's the deal? Um. Oh, what am I doing? Uh, this week I'll be performing uh, with uh, the Assembly uh, at the Experiment on Thursday night at Comedy Bar. It's an improv show, long form. I've just been recently promoted from uh, the G League of Assembly Improvisers to the main roster, the big team, the big nice. squad strike. Uh, so I'll be uh, playing with some really amazing people, Rob Norman, uh, Shargill, uh, a bunch of just ex-Second City people who I have uh, no business being on stage with, but it's going to be a great time. And of course, uh, I've got a bunch of podcast projects on the go. Uh, my wrestling dream match podcast is called Book It Vince. It's on all of the podcatchers. You can follow us at Book It Vince Pod on Twitter. And I am the segment writer for a really amazing food podcast host by two amazing comedians uh hisham kaladi and matt malent called bites and bits and uh freddie your bro was on it recently and what a what a fun time that was nice yeah i gotta i gotta get on there um i I love food as well you know like yeah um, i swear i do um okay uh that was a really weird way to end um but uh yeah check out both these guys and uh again thanks for everyone getting a lot of uh, fun good feedback so keep it coming appreciate it and maddie if you feel like if you feel like we're done and we're good to go please give me those sweet words i love so much okay okay listen to the confederacy of dunks exclusively on the rapcast 